Before we begin today's episode, I wanted to issue a brief content warning. Today's episode does discuss suicide. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, please call 988. It provides a 24-7 connection to confidential support. There is hope. You are not alone. Just call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. 988 will connect you with a trained crisis counselor who can help. Please know that we here at Time to Party care about you, and the world is better with you in it. Hey, I'm Ben Silverio. I'm Andy Huddle. And I'm Ansel Birch. And it's Time to Party! This episode was recorded on September 27th, 2022. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. Party people, welcome back to Time to Party, uh, where it's where it's two time, two party, two furious. Uh, electric boogaloo party. That doesn't sound like a very good party. Uh, have you ever seen an electric boogaloo? So much better than acoustic boogaloo. You, you oh, know man. what's good? Uh, an electric avenue. If you got your choice. Oh, you you got to rock it down there. I have, and it's great. And and wait, 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 wait. Then they took you higher, right? Well, you had to pay extra for that, so I didn't do it. <sighs> Those add-in prices are going to get you. That's electric. how they get you. Dude, gouging, I remember really. back in the day, electric avenue was about the experience, not about the money. It's true. This month, we are talking about the movie Last Night in Soho. From the incredible filmmaker Edgar Wright, who brought us Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, one of my favorite movies ever, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, this movie is not like any of those at all. Um, <laughs> if, like, if, you, if you didn't know that this was him, you might not know that it's you know an Edgar Wright film. It's true. I think that's one of the things about him, though, is his yeah. ability to absolutely immerse himself in a filmmaking style. Well, I think the one thing that is true of every single one of his movies is the importance of music. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. His use of music. I mean, let's not forget like Baby about Driver. Baby Driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, that is a two-hour-long music video. Yes. Um which was inspired by a music video that Edgar Wright directed, starring um, Noel. It wasn't uh, inspired by Weapon of Choice by uh, Fatboy Slim? Shockingly not. Um, it was a music video. It's a great song, too. Uh, and in the video, it was Noel... Um, Coward. Fielding. Fielding, thank you. He got the idea uh, doing a music video for... That makes sense. Uh, with him, in which Noel was the getaway driver. Mm. And he's just, like, rocking out. To the in there, I want to yeah. watch that now. Oh, uh, it's it's great. If you don't know about Last Night in Soho, our good friends at IMDb tell us an aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something darker. So at the start of the film, like she sees her mom in mirrors and in like reflections, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And her and her nan talk about how she's got this gift that she inherited from her mother. And that's really as deep into it as we get. Like, she's got these superpowers to see her dead mom. And her mom saw so many dead people, she ultimately committed suicide. 
Which, I, was that ever made clear? Oh, yeah. I feel like it no, was. No, the, the suicide was, but the I thought she oh, the was reason. just, like, had a, a like a, an episode or something. I, I didn't realize that she'd gained, that she committed suicide because she was beset by spirits. That's kind of, that's kind of the, the I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but I, that's just kind of what I, in, I mean, I inferred that afterward. Inferred that. Yeah. Um, but in the, even if it's the maybe beginning, not explicit. it wasn't let in. Yeah. I think well, and I, the reason I'm making that sp- that distinction is that I think that it's really clever of them mm-hmm. to have not brought it up at the beginning of the film. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, her mom has had you know whatever going on mm-hmm. that caused her to commit suicide," mm-hmm. um, and and you know that's a complicated thing. There's a lot of emotions around that. There's a lot of mm-hmm. reasons that someone might do that, um, and we don't know what what her mom's deal is. And so I think it throws a lot of questions into the film as, as we're progressing questions that I think the character herself is grappling with. Like, Mm -hmm. is this what my mom went through? Is this real? Am I just crazy? Um, You know, those are the things that, that people deal with when they're, when they have a family history of mental illness. And I guess, so, well, you know, and I don't even think it's necessarily, and again, like personally, like I didn't take it as mental illness. And again, like I took it as this supernatural ability she has to, mm-hmm. um, you know, channel Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, and be a ghost whisperer, I think is, uh, you know, I, I just sort of took that that was part of it. And I thought the other thing that, I, you know, the kind of the movie just sort of left me with was like, you know, if you have any sort of. And I and I apologize if I'm kind of taking this in a weird tangent here, but like that's the whole show, man. If you've got any kind of like sensitivity to supernatural, a bit psychic, spookiness. If you oh see sure sure sure, if you've got that dead yeah. people, you know that sixth sense sort of a thing, you know, because uh, I feel as though uh, Alex, who is the landlady, um, you know, Miss Collins, yeah, Miss Collins, she says that. You know, somebody died in literally every, every single room in, room in London. Wow, that was such a harsh moment. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'll be honest, like I've I I'm willing to to admit that you know I do believe in you know that there is a little bit more than what we're capable of seeing in terms of sure. So you're uh, saying you do sort believe of in life after love? After love, I feel it Um, and I so you know when I was in London. I mean, I was very aware of something. It's hard you know, not to be in a place like London where there's so, so many old years. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, and so I, you know, call it like, you know, the, the hairs on the back of your neck standing up, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, and so when she gets to London, I feel like we just kind of forget about, you know, her mom's deal and the fact that she sees her dead mom and stuff like that, you know, and. And then we're like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, I just, I feel like it's just sort of an awkward transition of when we get from, uh, you know, so here's a girl who sees her dead mom sometimes and mm-hmm. lies to her grandmother about it, you know, but we, the audience, see it and know everything, you know, as omnipotent observers, you know, we're like, okay, so she sees this, she lies about it, mm-hmm. but then, you know, is Jocasta a ghost? You know, it's like, you don't have to, you do, but sure. It's just, it's just, that, that was just like kind of a weird, uh, 
exploration that the movie didn't take. You know, it focuses on other things, obviously. Hmm. So, sorry, just kind of a weird tangent that no, I didn't that's... really have a through thought on. It's just, while thinking about it, while talking about it, I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, like we don't really get too much more into, you know, her seeing ghosts and things like that, you know? That and I think interesting. it would have benefited if, they, too. if it did. Because, um, uh, remind me to get back to Jacosta after this. Okay. Um, back to you, Jacosta. Right. Uh, you know, just from the top, I didn't, I didn't dislike the movie. It was a fine movie. Uh, it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, because like, at the top of this, I mentioned all of Edgar Wright's movies. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, one of my favorite movies, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, is Edgar mm-hmm. Wright. You know, and, and filmmakers are allowed to explore different genres. Mm-hmm. He practically did a different genre every movie that he made. But this one didn't have the same air of fun yeah. that Edgar Wright movies typically have. And as someone who, surprisingly, did not pay attention to any of the trailers... <laughs> um, <laughs> Because somehow I was just like, oh, I'll watch that trailer later. And then finally the movie was out. And I was just like, I'll catch it later. Um, and then I just didn't until you gave me a reason to, yeah. Andy. Um, I love this movie. You know, I, this, so, I, this was one of my favorite movies from last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it had um, more potential uh, that I thought that they could have explored. Mm-hmm. Even though they did um, explore some really interesting things. I was telling Ansel earlier that uh, I saw the initial twist coming. And then it went a step further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, and I, yes. I hadn't decided if it was for the better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was gnarly, but I'm like, did, was this necessary? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and so it's just, so, and it, again, it's, 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 it gets kind of, I agree. I think there's definitely some missed opportunities yeah. within. Like we were talking about New Mutants sure, earlier, yes. you know? Uh, whereas I feel like there were some good bones, there were some good, um, you know, ideas presented forth. Right. <clears throat> but uh, I think there were definitely some some opportunities that were kind of left by the wayside. And you and you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head where there was an element of fun missing from the movie. Exactly. But, I, but again, it's it's if you didn't know it was necessarily Edgar Wright, I don't think you would miss it. And and I think that's the issue cuz like I also love Kevin Smith. And he tonally changed things up when he switched from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back cop to out. Tusk. Well, yeah, to cop out to Tusk to yeah, you know to yoga hosers to. Uh, I was th- I was thinking of the other one, the one before a uh, Red State. Oh, uh, Red State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I forgot about Red. But State. even Red State has that Kevin Smith esque uh, verbosity about it. Yeah, you know, like you can still p- picture that being a Kevin Smith movie, mm-hmm. even though it's much darker and more yeah. sinister than. Uh, you anticipate you don't really get that from Edgar Wright here. This is like yeah. Edgar Wright uh, being like, "Oh, look, I know the rules, so I can break them later." You know, uh, uh, he knows the rules, and so do I. Okay, a real commitment's what I'm oh. looking for. I mean, you would expect that from any other guy. Wow. I uh, just want to tell you how I'm feeling. I just Damn. want to make sure that you understand. I need another drink. <laughs> I'm sorry I rickrolled your podcast. <laughs> ben, come back. <laughs> wow. 
I'm never going to be invited back to this podcast <laughs> ever again. <laughs> I might I might invite you just to see how many more times you can rickroll. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. Um Back to you, Jocasta. <laughs> okay, so the thing about Jocasta, do you know how easy it is to change roommates in student housing? Like, I had friends who did it, like, two or three times in our freshman year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it would have been a pain in the ass at my school. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there had to be another room with a with an opening. So, like, you could only change rooms if there was a space for you to move mm-hmm. to. See, we had some people who just up and switched places. Oh, I mean, yeah, sure. If you if you knew somebody who also wanted to trade, yeah. you could do that. Yeah, that uh, happened a couple times with some people that I knew. But, like, getting off-campus housing didn't seem like it should have been the first step. I mean, I think it's important that at that point she's so alienated. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know anybody else that she could have moved in with, aside from John. But that's far too forward. John wouldn't let it happen. He's too much of a gentleman. Exactly, yeah. He's an angel. Well, and they had just met when she's like making mm-hmm. the decision that yeah, she, she needs stole to get his out coke. of there, or he stole he her stole coke. Stole her coke. Yeah, yeah. Coca Cola, not the yeah, mm-hmm. cocaine. Yes. Um. So but yeah, I think he it's... gives her a new coke and said, "Sorry." It's very cute. Classy. So good. But yeah, I think that's that's the trick is that she's so isolated from the rest of the like student community. Mm-hmm that she wouldn't have the connections to do something like mm-hmm. like trade rooms with somebody. Sure. You know, hey, you're friends with Jocasta. Can I move into your room and you can come over here or whatever? And I know? can get the hog away from yeah. this bitch. I am uh, tired of her shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jocasta is so shitty that she, like, comes and hooks up with a dude while... Uh, she <laughs> while knows that Ellie's asleep. Room. And then like... she, without looking, throws her shirt in her face. Rude. And just... I, impressive like I mean, more than anything. i mean why Th- this happens twice like why wouldn't you just go to your partner's place first jacosta why wouldn't you just go to that dude's room uh then second ellie why wouldn't you take john to back to his i did if wonder you about know that. that your place is haunted so so that is later in the film yes sure like, yes i 100 this time watching it i'm like why are they going back to her? Does place? John not have a dorm room? Did we forget to Was make like, a set for John's dorm room? Oh, that's right. No, he drives from oh, South that's London. Right, from South, He's London from South London to North London, or from but North London to South. How long is that drive? But it's probably like you know, like we had like very long enough specific, that he has to drive. Like we had very specific like rules for living on campus. Mm-hmm. Like if you lived within a certain radius, you could not live on campus hmm. oh interesting yeah. yeah like that was like part of the housing agreement that's weird i lived up the highway from my college and i lived on campus we were required to live on campus for the first year and that makes sense like first year sure yeah first year you had to um that is interesting though yeah well and i i i think it's worth mentioning that if if john lives far enough away that he has to drive and not take the tube. And not take the tube. Oh, yeah, because he that's literally, a marker. Because yeah. he literally says, like, how else am I supposed? How else to am get I supposed here? to get here? Yeah, I'm like, you mean in London, one of the places with the best public transit? Right. That's what Warwick and I were saying. Like, yeah. if you live in a place where you 
where the tube doesn't reach you, then you know what <laughs> that tells us how far away yeah, John yeah, yeah. lives. Yeah. So that's why they don't go back to his. That makes sense. Okay. So also that implies he lives with his parents, which I could see also being awkward. Did you ever bring uh, a partner back when you lived with your parents? Not that they know of. Yeah. 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 Did they find out? Yeah. How'd that go? It was fun. It was fun or it was fine? It was fine. It was not fun. Ooh, Lolly, no. In general, you know, my my dad was kind of like, be safe. <laughs> you know, and yeah. Walked away. My parents' policy was make sure we never find out about it. That was that was their policy. That's fair. It's like, all right. It was very funny because, uh, you know, my, my mom had a habit of like coming into my room and waking me up for church. And I'm like, no. Yeah, that's got to stop. You got to put an end to that. Exactly. So one time, like after I'd started college, uh, I was out with a friend from college and we were in my parents' neighborhood. And I'm just like, mom, I'm going to sleep here tonight. And she's like, okay. So <laughs> it was late. I didn't want to drive all the way back to drop my friend off. And then we slept in my bed. Uh, my parents asked them. When my mom came, she How was, much sleeping did you do? I mean, we're pretty drunk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when my mom came in to wake me up for church, she was just like, you didn't tell us that uh, you were going to have a friend over. I'm just like, yeah, it was already late when we figured it out. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we figured it out. We figured it out. What a cute euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Did it get you out of going to church that day, though? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, See, that's I think a so. victory in my book. <laughs> Not for everybody, but for me, yeah. It's, it's a win. Heathens? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, so one, uh, of, one of the things about Last Night in Soho... Uh, that was really brought to my attention by Warwick because, like, he watched it before I did. So he watched it again when I watched it. Um, he was just like, is it really a time travel movie? And then as I'm watching it, I'm just like, oh, she's quantum leaping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that counts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, she sees what happened and she has no effect on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like watching, like, the movie... Like that part of the movie through Sandy's eyes. Mm -hmm. We also see the the hickey right travel from from time to time. So yeah. like, there what she does in the past does affect her present. So so here's the question because like her powers are established as in the beginning she sees her mom. Yeah. So and the, you know by the end of the film we find out that the bodies of all of her, the Johns are in the floorboards and mm -hmm. in the and walls, the walls and, stuff, and yeah. everything else. So my question is, are the Johns showing her Sandy mm -hmm. and Sandy's whole deal so that she will ultimately kill Alex? I think that's got to be it. Uh, it makes more sense now that you say it like that. <laughs> I don't think the movie presents that in an effective way. I don't think so either. I mean, uh, yeah. And if it did, it might be more helpful. Because like mm -hmm. once it gets to the third act and things start ramp ramping up and wrapping up, uh, everything happens so quickly that you don't really get to figure out what's going on. Yeah, because you know? when she's in the library yes. and the Johns are coming on strong, 
you know, and she can't see anything but the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Also, don't run with scissors, oh, right? God. And don't stab Jocasta. Also, I mean, where did she get the scissors in the first place? From the lab? She had them uh, in yeah, class. Were they library. in the... No, oh. So when she was in class, she was cutting fabric? So she carried the scissors with her well, from the class. Well, you are a fashionista. I would sure. imagine that like, you, oh, keep yeah, you, you the keep the tools of the trade. You keep a pair of gingers on you at all times. But So so she carried them from class Can to you, the microfiche. Can you say that word? Uh, I am. Um, you are. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> no, you carry them to wow. class. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Uh, no, I don't want to be a part of this podcast anymore. <laughs> Too late, isn't it? Uh-oh. But no, so she carries the scissors from class to the microfiche room. Yeah. And then out of the microfiche room into the stacks where she then almost oh, stabs right. Jocasta. That's it was in right. her pocket. Like because in her coat she pocket, literally I guess. the previous scene she literally ran out. She ran out of that because class. she saw a bloody, a bloody Sandy, mm-hmm. and, and John brought her her bag back. Yes. Now I guess that God, is what the... a peach, you know. <laughs> and then he Such stops her guy. from killing Jocasta. Unfortunately, again. quite easily as well. Can we talk about that catch? Is she weak? Is he strong? He's got great reflexes. So, he's, he's, is John a superhero? And we just like have the, let's, we need a, another movie to explore how, how he has. Is he the new John Boyega? Oh, is he going to oh. be in the next Attack the Block? I'm here for it. Wog Wog. Attack the Block starring uh, Edgar Wright regular uh, Nick Frost. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Hey, speaking of, uh, None of Edgar Wright's regulars are in this movie, right? Uh, Simon Pegg is in the background of a scene in a rubber suit that makes him look like Matt Smith. God damn it. I was with you. I was actually with you for a second. (laughs) Uh, Actually. I did not see him in the um, cast list. uh, uh, Diana Rake. What did... She was in Hot Fuzz. She was in Hot Fuzz. She was in Hot Fuzz. Hag. Fascist. Such a good movie. It's very good. I actually, I actually just rewatched uh, World's End. Yeah, I saw your post about it. Yeah, that's right. Because Cameron, uh, Cameron posted about it. Uh, oh, it was Cameron's post. You commented on. Yes, yes. yes and so good. I was like, well, I might as well watch this on a Friday morning. There you go. And. Um, so it was so good seeing it again. I just appreciate more and more from that film every time I watch it. Mm, so good. So, uh, I if you could time travel back in in the same way that she can to quantum like leap. Co- to quantum leap, um, which is getting a redo. Very. It's fun. already started. Leaping I, yeah. from life to life. Uh, if you could quantum leap, where when Hoping would you? That your next leap will be the leap home. When would you want to leap to? Where or into whose body? Ooh. Maybe both questions. This is such a, The first answer that came to my mind uh, is kind of really sad. Oh, dear. Because um, I'd probably want to quantum leap into, like, one of those, like, teen heartthrobs. You oh, know, sure. like, in one of those, like, hot people shows. You know that like everyone uh, tried to tried to be. 
We're like, all hot like and we live in a we live in a beach house. Oh, what kind of shenanigans will we get up to? Yeah, you know, like like uh, Vanderbeek or like the people of that era. You know, mm-hmm. uh, fucking nine hundred two one zero. One Melrose Plache. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. So, uh, okay, an actor person, not a real person, stuck or probably in a like weird the real world equivalent. Yeah, exactly the real world equivalent. Of that. Jersey Shore. No. Definitely not that. Jersey Shore is definitely what I was thinking. Of. That yeah. definitely not that. I'm thinking like California stereotypical. Okay. Like... I mean, Jersey's not aspirational for you. So no, I get that. hell no. Shouldn't be aspirational for anyone. <laughs> it was for somebody, and they're wrong. <laughs> they're very wrong. <laughs> Maybe the Bon Jovi's like first album or uh, fucking uh, the Marvel. Boss. Ms. Sure, Marvel. but that's like now. But Garden like we're, we're, if we're talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe those. I mean, maybe not Garden State, but like maybe those visions of New Jersey are. Clerks. I mean, did you see the third one? No. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> I know. Man, Ben coming in hot with the hot takes today. It's more like the hot takes. Oh. oh, hot takes with Andy Huddle. Ah! Actually, that would be great. You should totally use that name. Hot takes. Hot takes. And now, here's Andy. Back to you, Jocasta. (laughs) (laughs) Feel free to cut this later. But, like, I don't know. I always wanted to see what it was like to be one of those, like, conventionally attractive people that didn't stand out very much, but still got attention. You know? So, a white guy. So, a white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, a... Like a buff white guy. Not even super buff, just like generally attractive, mm-hmm. you know? Because yeah. there, there were some husky dudes easier. that yeah. were, you know, still considered attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, uh, I mean, like like the, the linebacker type dudes, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Beauty standards. They'd be weird. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Like, growing up, I would have killed for something like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's a scene in this movie called The De- Debut um starring dante bosco about filipino americans growing up in like the early 2000s and he says in the movie that he used to sleep with a clothespin on his nose so it would be more pointy instead of flat uh so he could be more like the the people on tv you know and like that's a real thing like uh and i definitely remember dealing with stuff like that when i was younger and i was just like i wonder what it would be like to be one of these average white people Mm -hmm. you know that got way deeper than you intended i'm so sorry (laughs) That's a great real answer, though. Not all of our not all of our responses need to be weird takes. <laughs> How about you, Andy? I want to go to Woodstock. <laughs> Woodstock a, is great, that's a though. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I just I would love to. I've always been fascinated by Woodstock mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. general, uh, you know. And I would you know not take the brown acid, but I'd really just want to appreciate like the music. Andy Huddle fucks. <laughs> That's a very cool answer. All right. I mean, using time travel to go back and see concerts is perfectly reasonable. Right. right? Yeah. Like well, I mean, we've oh, established yeah. that you want to use time travel to go back and get Funko Pops. So hey, that's only one reason, dude. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Like we would saying. be millionaires. Like, that's true. I think of like the Funkos that I've seen in the wild that I were like that I just passed on that I passed on that looking back I was like I was a fool. Yeah. The, no judgment. The OG DC set. 
the OG Disney store set, oh, yeah. specifically Disney store, not just Disney branded. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many that I could have been like, yo, this is worth like a thousand dollars now. <laughs> it's just a very Ben Silverio response. But also to correct you, I said collectibles in general. That's true. You did say collectibles in general. Because oh, like yeah. I was thinking like action figures from the 70s. Like I and... watch, I watch. Um, I'll ego Ethan Page's of uh, weekly vlogs. He went to one of my stores. Oh, really? Uh, the in the Geek Hut, dude. Yes, Geek Toy Hut. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that place was uh, was great. So he's this wrestler named Ethan Page, who now that you know he's making bank, every every week he does a vlog where he goes to a different toy store. To be fair, he did it before he was making bank too. He just wasted his money. I know. Now he now he now he has money to to burn. So he's <laughs> buying like. Mortal Kombat Storm Collectibles, and he's yeah. buying like okay. the Street Fighter GI Joes from like when he was a kid, like the stuff he either had or wishes that he had. Yeah, that's cool, uh, you know. And it's and you know it actually fits into what we're talking about quite a bit because it's that nostalgia. Yeah, you know, um, and it's and it's really kind of what makes him pop. Is you know here's <laughs> yeah um, here's here's all this you know like action figures and stuff like that from when we were kids. And there they are, like mint in package with like the three ninety nine sticker from KB Toys, <laughs> you know. And you're like, oh my god, I had that, or oh my god, I always wanted that. I wanted that, yeah. You know, my like, friend had it, and I. He's went, going yeah. through it. He's collecting like all of. You I would know, like to direct you to my Power Ranger shelf down there. Uh-huh. Uh The Dragon Dagger was the only Mighty Morphin Power Rangers accessory that I didn't have as a kid, and now I have it as an adult. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome, and like, I and actually, I got the OG one, not the remastered like metal version. You know, that's all fancy and shit. So I do have that one, and I freaking love it. Sure, it looks it's great, so great. But like, I wanted the OG one, you know, which, which totally makes sense. Like, I was uh, when when you were doing your work earlier, I was like, man, it still looks so cool. I mean, that was the toy. That yeah. was the toy, yeah. And I remember, you know, I mean, that was one that I didn't have when it first came out. I didn't get it till. They re-released it later, and it was still, you know, like from not Kenner. Um, it's not Hasbro. No, because Hasbro has the license now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it just like I remember, like I got it like a little bit later, and I loved it. And I'm like, I gave it away. Why the hell did I give it <laughs> away? You know, and I regretted it so much, you know. So we would use time travel to get that shit back, bro. Right? And like and I actually discovered that I didn't realize it, but I actually had two Zords from Japan that were for like seasons of like the Sentai Power Rangers based on like before like years before Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Zoo Ranger. So like Bioman and uh, Five Ranger, I believe is what they were called, and I had like Zords from that, and I had no idea. And then uh, so during quarantine, I just kind of decided to go all in on like Japanese Sentai and stuff like that, and I was like, "Those were Power Rangers!" <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, I had those. My uncle got them for me during the Power Ranger craze, and I loved them. I played the played with them, you know, until mm-hmm. they broke. Uh, but I'm like, man, I, if I still had those, like, again, I could either add them to my, like, ridiculous Power Rangers collection or, you know, I could very easily have mortgage bank. house. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that thing I just did. If only I had Power Rangers. 
would have made that whole thing. They're so an much investment, easier. Ansel. I, I, not no denying here. <laughs> like my '90s X-Men comics that I'm going to retire on. Those giant long boxes right there yeah. that I'm looking to sell. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is this is the second movie that I've done, and they're very very similar. I sure, mean, this is basically like Midnight in London. Mm-hmm. You know, glad you brought she, us back around. Thank yeah, you. Where she's coming back in time. So I guess the, I guess my question. Well, we're reviewing the movie now. Yeah, we're still we're still kind of reviewing it. Absolutely. Right? But I think the question is like you know, at the end of the day, do you think that Ellie is like, well, fuck the sixties? That's a good question because she does come in with the same sort of romantic era thinking that we mm-hmm. talked about. Because because um, at the end of Midnight in Paris, you know. He decides to live in the now. Yeah. Still Paris. But still now Paris, Paris. And that's fine. And she's still in London. She's still in, yeah. You know, but the question is, like, you know, is, is she going li- to be more in the present? Is she going to be more? I think she learned from the past yeah. to uh, to thrive in the present by mm-hmm. the end. You know, but because she used the 60s designs to fuel her schoolwork and exactly. projects. Yeah. Her, you know? her final is which was already in, 60s it, design. Which was already in progress. You That's know? fair. That's it would have been funny if like all of her designs suddenly are like bell bottoms. Space shit. And, like... Work's back. Hey. Ah, spooky hey. ghost. Um, so, yeah, I totally get what you're saying in uh, with that. Yeah. It's, um, she's just... I don't know. I, I think she, she's, she's still a fan to a degree, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, uh, but I don't think she lets it define her like some people. Because uh, she totally changed changes her look at the end of the movie. Too. Sure, like she's gone back to Burnett. brown hair, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's more fancy. You know, so like it definitely shows that she's evolved. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that the experience that she had was less bounded by it being the '60s, like. Mm. The experience of uh, Midnight in Paris is so much about it being the 20s. Like, yeah. he he gets the chance to interrogate everything that he loved about the, the 20s. Yeah. Whereas she loved the experience of being in the 60s. It's the experience of the, the sex trauma. work and the, the trauma of yeah. the... Yeah, like... One person who she leapt into. Yeah. Like, I think I think the the interrogation is different for him her for her mm-hmm. you know speaking from the time period to the experience speaking yeah. of the one person ruining it for everybody i think this movie showed uh more than anything that i've watched recently really but generally just in agreement with life experience uh white guys suck oh yeah for sure, for oh, sure. like there's, there's, there's no not question. a single uh white male in this movie who was a good person um the irish bartender yes he's okay he's okay um (laughs) but like literally the aside from him the only other character uh male character who's a good person is john yeah he's a saint i mean arguably the cop yeah but he was well i guess but was he still a client you mean Lindsay? Lindsay. Lindsay. yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. Lindsay. so but he was a vice cop sure but i read that he was still a client because, I mean, he did go into he, the girls, girls, right. girls. He's like, you're better than this. Yeah. Okay, so let's do it. Like, that that's how I read that situation. Well, but it's just he was so freaking creepy. He was. To and Ellie he, in that bar scene. He st- well, that and, doesn't make it any better. Yeah. And every time they ran into each other in the street. I mean, such that she thought he was. 
Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. No, I, I, that's the thing is I, I think his behavior was just creepy. Sure. Like, I I don't, you know. For I, sure. Sure. Okay, fine. So he, you know, worked in Vice and he looked after the girls and stuff like that. Still Maybe. a little weird, like, you know, especially like the lyrics of that song, Eloise, that he sings at her. At her, yeah. Like. So creepy. Not okay. Not know? okay. So that's kind of a weird that was a weird yeah take, yeah and i i'm not a fan of that i guess the th- the thing i was i wondered what we were supposed to take from it that oh, everybody yes. after he died was like oh he was so nice when when he was alive everything we heard about him was he's so creepy mm-hmm. and all of his behavior was super like creepy. And, you know as the audience our observation of him was a little bit of a creeper yeah oh, and yeah. i wonder if that's I wonder if Edgar Wright was trying to give us a, like, her perception is skewed because of her experiences and the haunting that she's having uh, in the same way that she sees people uh, as different people when she's having her visions to the point of almost stabbing Jocasta. I wonder if the behavior is supposed to be a manifestation of her powers in the same way, because immediately when he's hit by the car everybody's all uh you know well all the people in the scene are so uh ready to tell us what a great guy he was right and and, you know and also like you know she starts off on such a bad foot with that one cab driver yeah 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 you know who's like well we got the legs for it i mean yeah oh my god the grossest (sighs) um yes so gross um, in addition to being haunted by ghosts, uh, I think Ellie was haunted by the creepy men who think all women are owe them something. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, also, I I kind of wish that we had uh, a female perspective. Yeah, uh, I thought that having this as conversation well. after I watched the movie, I'm just like, yeah, we see how bad it is by watching this movie and just yeah. generally being friends with women. But if female presenting people we're talking about this movie, I'm sure it would be a much different conversation. Yeah. I would actually be really interested to do this episode again with someone who is uh, female presenting. Cause I, I do think that there's uh, a perspective that we are lacking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but something that I think everyone can agree on is that you shouldn't drink anything that strangers give you or fucking your arch enemy. Yeah. Or that nice old lady you live with. <laughs> Still Especially a stranger. Especially that nice old lady. Oh, so, like, the I, I mentioned it, you know, Talk like... a running theme. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it earlier that, like, uh, I figured out the twist pretty quickly. Ansel said that he did, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they built on it, I was just like, oh, oh. The twist got twistier. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, how, how much twistier are we, twistier just, are we oh gonna get? God, but just... also, can you blame her? Like, she's not she's not all. the villain of the story. She's, uh, she's the product of mm-hmm. what those men did to her. You know? Mm-hmm. Matt... The doctor is the villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and God, man, Matt Smith has really just leaned into the creepy so lately. Much. Yeah, like I don't know if you're watching House of Dragons. I'm not, but I'm told he's the poster boy for uh, for incest or creepiness or something. Like he's that. a Targaryen. So. I mean, yeah, and I mean, she's his his niece is just as reciprocal. 
vacating me. So it's Game of Thrones isn't going to get me again. <laughs> Not going to burn me again, Game of Thrones. This All is, your yeah. sexy dragons and Khaleesi's and yeah, your Carl Drogo's and their... to me with all your cool fantasy shit, but I know your <laughs> I know your game. Yeah, of Thrones. Hey. <laughs> Diana Rigg would tell me all about it. <laughs> and um, really, I think Diana Rigg was the 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 shining star of this movie. Oh, as well. I she think should be. her performance uh kept me involved. Um like when I figured out the twist, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait for the reveal of Diana Rigg to like fucking take this to town. Right. Uh, and you know, I I got what I wanted, and it was fine. But um, at at the end of the day, when you ask yourself the question, was this worth your time? Uh, Ansel. Oh, absolutely. I really enjoyed this movie. I want to watch it again with a more uh, close eye because I'll be honest, I watched it significantly distracted uh for today's viewing but man do i i want to watch it much more closely um yeah it's so worth my time i would i would i would recommend this movie to a lot of people andy oh yeah absolutely like i said um you know this was definitely one of my favorite movies of 2021 um you know i just such an edgar wright fan you know i i this one i i think i in particular i think the acting was really good um my huge crush on uh anya taylor joy uh notwithstanding i mean i'll I'll literally watch any movie that she is in um but you know mixing her and edgar wright and matt smith and just everybody else you know i really feel like the the final product is fantastic um, you know, and I, and I feel like this, this last viewing as well as our conversation, you know, and I, I see the holes in it, you know, I kind of get why I was a little upset that it didn't get any Oscar attention. I kind of get why a little yeah, bit more Yeah, I was about now. to say, you, you can kind of see I why. I got <laughs> it, I got it. But, you know, I, I still think it's a great film and I still, uh, it's still, it's still a lovely film. See, for me, I feel like, um, Ellie's path could have been cushioned if she had just talked to someone yeah and i mean obviously uh when you're dealing with mental illness you should always seek help Mm -hmm. when you need it you know uh there's nothing wrong with that um it's there's nothing wrong with asking for help when you need it uh i mean isn't it uh suicide prevention month or something like that right now i bet it is um but um, you can host and post me for that. But uh, but regardless of whether it's the month for it or not, no. you know, like mental health is very important and you should seek as much help as possible. In Ellie's case, if she had uh, talked to Miss Collins, talked to Carol, the bartender, talked to people around her, I you mean, know, her grandma who, who knew exactly, her exactly. If she extent. if she hadn't kept that communication is key uh in most for sure areas of life and the fact that she didn't even talk to her grandmother mm-hmm. like okay you didn't want to talk to the cop who was trying to help you fine a cab but like your grand who's been there for you every step of the way who was there for your mother who had the same problems or saint john exactly john was there the whole time ready he got stabbed for you bro yeah like not not many men will do that for you. Men would have been there for the for the less stabby parts it's, for sure. It's very true. 
for the uh, for, for the uh, the makeupy uh, drunken fool around times. <laughs> and he had to run out of that room through broken glass. Through broken glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he, John went through a lot, and they were still together by the end. Oh, yeah. Damn, bro. Yeah. He's a keeper. It, absolutely. Uh, John's a keeper. Uh, last night in Soho. Um, was fine. Uh, stream it. Watch it after you know what it's about. Now, See, one thing, one thing too that it's it's it is it is a horror movie. Yeah, like, I wasn't expecting that. I That's was, also yeah. part of what affected my enjoyment of the movie. Like you were not prepared. I for... wasn't prepared for a horror movie. Okay, and uh, so I was talking with my buddy Josh today. Said the exact same thing. His biggest complaint is that it ramped up his anxiety and things like that. But he wasn't like he didn't go in preparing for it, like mentally preparing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see, like okay, I'm gonna go see Halloween Kills, or like yeah. I'm gonna go Murder see Town, Murder Time. Because like knowing that it was yeah. an Edgar Wright movie, I was expecting an element of fun, and yeah. it never came. <laughs> so I was very much let down that. by that, for starters. And then the movie just ended up being fine with these holes that I saw. It it was visually stunning. There were a couple of really good performances. Yeah. But I was just like, hey, don't drink that. <laughs> I, I think that this movie, in the same way that a lot of sitcoms uh, do, relies on this main character is, in some ways, a cautionary tale. Sure. Around, yes, you should communicate when you're having mental challenges or when something is wrong and you know it's wrong. Whether you think you're experience an episode or you really think something's happening talking to people is so important Mm -hmm. but also don't drink shit that random people give you um when you make choices like that and there are consequences that's an opportunity for us to all go yeah i see where you fucked up there's there it is right there where you Mm -hmm. got in that car or you you didn't call jerry because you thought he wouldn't understand you know, it's like like a lot of uh, well, a lot of television, but especially sitcoms. Yeah, like The Big Bang Theory. Don't be a jerk. I I, I didn't watch a lot of that, but you don't need to. No, Never. No a one. Of, needs a bunch to... of cool actors wearing nerd face. Mm-hmm. I wa- I wa- I watched the beginning of it and really really liked it. Until I watched I... the first two seasons until I was just like, hey, wait a minute, I'm the joke here. Uh-huh, yep. Like, this isn't for me, this is making fun of me. <laughs> yeah. And I think I felt that way, if, well, this is, that's not what this is about, but... Um, so, like, if, if, if I were to be lying in bed one night, and all of a sudden there's a mirror, and there's Anya Taylor-Joy in lingerie, mm-hmm. I would tell people about it. Yeah, oh, for sure. For Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've got a support system. I would tell sure. everybody. Like I would. I would like be Warwick. Like, Warwick. We would, we would tell Warwick. Warwick. I'm having visions. There's a hot like, blonde on my ceiling. Only in the name of Taylor Joy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could think of a couple others. Yeah. Fair. So yeah, like I ended up uh, giving it a. I thought about giving it a two point five, but I gave it a, a, a three out of five uh, on mm. on my letterbox. So, um, it was fine. And you know, and I, probably before I would have given it a five, mm-hmm. just because of the first experience, you know, I was just kind of in there. I just kind of threw my hands up and kind of rode the roller coaster. Uh-huh. And I think you know, now I would probably give it more, more like a four, four and a half. Wow! I still, again, I, I still really enjoy the film. 
I, I've realized that I'm a very harsh grader because I rarely give out fives. Yeah. Um, but I typically, when I do give out fives, it's not until the end of the year when sure. I've been able to see everything uh, from that year. You know, uh, everything everywhere all at once is going to be a five. I mean, um, yes. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that was a five right after I saw it. And then after I saw it again. I mean, you want to talk about like, again. Oscar contention. Like, this is... Watching, it's oh, not going to yeah, get sure. nearly as much as it deserves. Dude, I mean... Because the Oscars are racist. Super racist. So racist. I mean, it should... Not even vague about it. It should get best picture, best screenplay, best actress, actress best actor, best supporting actress, best supporting actor, uh, visual effects, practical effects. Uh, just Sound mixing. Board. Yes. Uh, I mean that can go to like a, whatever directors. Black Adam could get that one, but best you know. animated no, what? Um, foreign Black documentary. Adam. You think you think you don't think the sound mixing is going to be good for Black Adam? Uh, I mean, Black <laughs> Panther is coming out. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, there are better fair. superhero movies this Let year. Me, the first thing that came the, to my mind. The DC universe has lost my faith so many times that, like, <laughs> until I see it, I'm not. Uh, the sound mixing is garbage and must prove otherwise. I mean, who, they could have gotten the same dude who did the the Justice League, and I don't know. I, sound mixing is going to be the hottest contention uh, <laughs> Academy Award oh this God. year. Just you wait. Just you wait. You That's go. where the real battle Whenever, is. So every year, so every year. There's always, uh, I you know, we my friends and I, we always do like Oscar parties and we watch the movies and then we kind of uh, have ballots for, you know, what we think is going to win and all that. I lost by one movie, like one award. Who beat you? My fiance. Ah, okay. We had the same That's answers. A good lo- That's a good loss. We had the same answers for everything except Best Picture. Wow. And I'm... What was your prediction? I don't even remember. She picked Coda, and she was right. Um, I should I, oh, remember because it was on the show. I su- I selected Power of the Dog. That was it. Yep. I said Power of the Dog. She said, uh, you know, she said Coda, and she was right. Coda Bushi, the Golden Star. Golden Star. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he deserves all the awards. Wow. <laughs> he does. Um, uh, right, Ben. Was it worth your time? I mean, I mean, we got your review, but yeah. you can just say yes or no. Was it worth your time? Sure. It was, you know, like I've seen uh, all of Edgar Wright's other movies. It's not my favorite of his. Sure. Um, it's literally my least favorite of his movies. Um, I like Baby Driver more than this. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a very different. Movie. I liked uh, The World's End more than this, you know. But, uh, but yeah, again, it's a very different film. And obviously, Edgar Wright is very good at filmmaking. Like, a lot of the shots were very cool. A lot of the effects were very cool. Use of color was fantastic. Sure, absolutely. Oh, you know, uh, he did a great job, but, you know, it's not always going to be for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, sure, maybe. If you're a completist or, you know, if you know what you're getting into, go for it. Yes. Yeah, if you like this kind of horror. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of positive to say about it if you're going in expecting that sure. movie. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, party people, you can let us know what you think about uh, Last Night in Soho um, by, you know, finding us on the internet, because that's where we are. I dare you. That's true. We are an internet thing. Yes. Uh, I am at BSilverio20 on Instagram and Twitter. I, Andy, am at Ando Has Issues on Twitter. You can also find my website, at which is 
www.thenerdhut.com. And that's with two T's. Ooh. I know. H-T-T-P colon slash slash. www. Dot. I'm at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. Uh, you can find this website and transcripts of our show yeah. at oh, no. Indecisionist.com. Accessibility. <laughs> That's right. Special thanks to April Maralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longid of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. For show notes and transcripts, head on over to Indecisionist.com. You can join the conversation by using the hashtag time to party. That's time the number two party. Including hashtag time the number two party. Apparently that's, that's a thing now. Added per Warwick. You can use that. Uh, <laughs> we can't... Time Can't stop it. you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, join us next time, won't you? As we get into some edutainment, talk about some edutaining things about last night's Soho technologies and things featured in the film. Yeah, uh, and don't forget that we use uh, the the word technology loosely, very broadly. Uh, very technology. That's how loose that. Pretty loose. Loosey goosey. Like a rubber band that you forgot about for a long time. Rubber band. Ooh, man. Gets all dry and crunchy. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second. It's not going to hold anything. Yeah, it just snaps. Yes. Well, you go buy new rubber bands, party people. Uh, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Downtown, downtown, waiting for you.